Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Dr. Baruch Levy, also known as B. Why do I always say also known as B? Because I can't tell you how many times people say, what do I call you? Because they get this look of terror in their eyes when I tell them my name is Baruch. <laughs> Got to get the ch in there. Um, not Baruch, not Baru, not Bara, I get everything. It's a, it's a Hebrew name, it's an Israeli name. So um, in Israel, it's very easy for people to pronounce. When I came here after um, leaving Israel years, years back, I um, decided to go by B because it's just so much easier. I mean, I have an existential crisis every time I go to Starbucks. Another conversation for another time. But we don't need to have an existential com- uh, crisis. You don't. When you want to use my name, just say B. So when you shoot me an email, when you call me, you can call me Baruch for sure. But you're also welcome to call me B. I say that because I had this conversation, I think, three times this week. So welcome to my world. More important things than my ridiculous name is my take on um, a very important topic today. Now, I'm a meaning coach. I've been saying that a lot lately because really been drilling down into my why. You know, what is, what is it that I'm here to do? What is it that I offer? And working with more and more clients, it's become clear to me that I'm a logotherapist in training. I'm a, I'm a meaning-centered psychotherapist, the work of Viktor Frankl. But it's really taking Frankl's work and thesis using the Enneagram, totally separate conversation, and coaching. I love coaching. Coaching is proactive. Coaching is um, directive. I like, you know, when I work with my coach, being given direction, be given uh, assignments, practices, strategies, techniques. Now that can happen in counseling. That certainly can happen in therapy. I use those things. But it's far more of a moving forward um, than a going backwards. And so I really can't say strongly enough We all need a coach in our lives, somebody to help us in my work, meaning, purpose, and resilience, discover meaning, realize our purpose, and live with greater resilience. Those are the three components. I did a um, very brief audio video on that. You can listen to it. I think it was the previous one. But the bottom line is meaning, purpose, and resilience, coaching people. And here's what I see over and over again, having counseled and coached, I don't know, over a thousand people in my, during my 20 years of doing this, um, there's an important word that we need to unpack. And that word is patience. Now, I don't mean patience just sitting and waiting, waiting around. I want to get into today the root of the word patience. That root is so deeply important. The root of that word is pati, comes from Latin pati, which means suffering. And if you know anything about Viktor Frankl's work, logotherapy, meaning coaching, you know that it centers around discovering meaning, 
in all aspects of life. So finding it out in the world and creative values and, and contributing what we contribute is, is one way we discover meaning. Another way is experiential, you know, sitting on a mountaintop enjoying the sunset or being at a child's baptism or bar mitzvah or just sitting and receiving the blessings and love that are all around you. That's another way to discover meaning. There's a third way. The third way is the most important way. Now, I hope for you in your life that you know those first two pathways to discovering meaning. You have, you will, there's no doubt about it. But this third way is absolutely and positively misunderstood. So in my meaning coaching and pur- my, my meaning, purpose and resilience coaching, yes, we focus on con- contribution, what we create as a pathway to discovery and receiving, um, experiencing meaning. But there comes a point on all of our journeys or many points when we have to explore this third way to discover meaning in struggle in adversity and yes, in suffering. So what does that have to do with patience? Because we have become very impatient as a society with the negative stuff, the darker stuff, the more challenging stuff. You know, in the Enneagram world, we are, America anyways, the West, is an Enneagram 7. See behind me, the Enneagram 7, the enthusiast. Now, the enthusiast has so many worthy attributes. One of the challenges of a 7 is they're fast-paced. They're, they can be surfacy, right, on, staying on the surface, um, going wide, not deep. If they're, if they're unconscious, if they're in reaction. We've become that in our society. We go wide, not deep. We're a Twitter culture, an Instagram reel culture. I started doing Instagram reels. I mean... 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds to get a point across. Yes, it's, it's you know, it can be done. But how deep can you go? And so our society has really become a seven culture, unhealthy. We've got to defy that culture. We have to go deeper, not wider, particularly when we come to one of those crossroads in life that presents to us some variation or version of suffering. And we have to become more patient. We have to stand still. We have to get quiet. We have to be with the suffering. But so many of the self-helpy books and the new agey books tell us to manifest our way through it, to go around it, to be positive. Those things have their place. But I've never met anybody who has faced the crossroads and just bounced, you know, bounced along happily skipping through it or um, going around it without consequences, eventually, sooner or later, you're going to have to backtrack, go back to that intersection and deal with what you found there that you, you know, didn't want to deal with. You did the void dance, a void dance, a dance around the void, avoidance. We have to stop. We have to go into it. We have to face it. And we have to have patience. Now, Patience at its deepest level, again, comes from this Latin root suffering. So what does it mean? In um, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl quotes um, Dostoevsky, who wrote a lot about suffering. And one of the things um, the great philosopher and poet Dostoevsky said was, quote unquote, there is only one thing that I dread, not to be worthy of my sufferings. I'll just read on because Frankl goes on a little bit. These words frequently came to my mind. Remember, he was in the Holocaust. After I became acquainted with those martyrs whose behavior in the concentration camp, whose suffering and death bore witness to the fact that the last of inner freedoms cannot be lost, it can be said that they were worthy of their sufferings. The way they bore their suffering was a genuine inner achievement. 
It is, a, it is this spiritual freedom which cannot be taken away that makes life meaningful. We're all going to face suffering, struggles, adversity. We're all going to know it. The question is, can we reframe it? And when I work with people in meaning, purpose, and resilience coaching, most people have, so understandably, never been taught this, never thought about suffering as maybe my job, yes, to, to go through it and find a way to be happy and joyful again. But that's secondary. I know it's kind of almost countercultural to say happiness is secondary because we live in a world that's a pursuit of happiness. I don't care if you're happy. I don't care if my kids are happy. I want them to be happy. I, I, I hope you're happy. But what I care about, what I need to know is that my kids, the people I guide, my life, it's worthy, right? Is it, is it a worthy life? Somebody dies, you know, I've done 500 funerals when I was a rabbi. People who lived a worthy life, that's what it's about. Now, many of them were happy, but they weren't always happy. And the point isn't to be happy. The point is to be worthy. And part of it is worthy of our struggles, of our, our adversity, of our suffering. So when you're going through whatever shit storm has descended in your life, and one has or one will, and it will do it again and again, reframing the experiences. Can I be patient? Can I sit in the suffering? Not victimized, not helpless and hopeless, but can I not run? As Frankel says, can I make my defiant stand right here, right now, and be worthy of this battle, worthy of what the universe is presenting to me? I'm not saying God or the universe is doing this specifically to you as an act of punishment, but I do believe in an energetic flow that we are presented with what we need, not what we want what we got and what we need. And whatever is in front of you is what you need to become stronger, more resilient, to cultivate potty patience and to carry the burden to move through your suffering, potty suffering. Think about it. It's in many words. Um, <clears throat> compassion, right? Come is the prefix with Passion is suffering. Think about what it means Can be, to be compassionate. It doesn't mean, oh, I feel so bad for you. That's pity. That's not compassion. What is compassion by what we're talking about? Come with passion suffering. I will sit with you in your suffering. I will hold your suffering. This is what I do as a meaning coach. I create a space. Because, do you know how many people have told me that they're going through stuff, but their, their spouse is either tired of it or really doesn't want to hear it, or, or friends. I talked to a guy last week who said he has probably five to 10, you know, solid good friends, but he couldn't talk to a single one of them about his struggle-filled marriage, to which I challenged him and said, I'm not sure that exactly fulfills the definition of friend. A friend, a comrade, a confidant, a, a witness on our journey is somebody who can sit with us hold our suffering, not fix our suffering, guys, especially you guys. I'm guilty of this too. You know, when Arielle is going through a struggle, I, when I move into fixing mode, she gets mad. My job is to hold a space for her to suffer, to bear the burden of it. It's a burden. I get it. I get it when you're with somebody and they're in chronic pain. You know, chronic is years, if not decades, so it's easier said than done. But our work is in that moment with our kids, with our parents, with our, with our colleagues to hold the suffering. I mean, think about that. When somebody in your life has stepped into that time when you felt like you were in a void, when you just needed to 
unload. And you could just hold that to bear witness to their suffering. There is no greater gift in this lifetime than to hold somebody's suffering. It's one of the things I miss most about my dad since he died. I've really had very few of those people who can unconditionally, unequivocally hold the suffering. My dad did it so powerfully and beautifully for me. Now, I don't think he could do it for himself, which is an interesting thing, right? Sometimes we're good at doing it for other people, but not for ourselves. Sometimes we can do it for ourselves, not for other people. Our job, though, is to be worthy of our sufferings. That might be carrying the burden of the sufferings of your spouse. Now, it might mean not unloading on your spouse. Dr. Dan and I just did a podcast on radical honesty. And one of the things we talked about in it was our distaste, if not disgust, for radical honesty. It's a little bit of a kind of a micro movement in the self-help world um, because we're not here to be radically honest. We're here to be honest to a degree, but there is a place for, if not white lies, then certainly lies of omission, right? Withholding can be a form of a lie, not telling, but it can also be a mercy. It can also be a gift. <clears throat> you are not here to dump your burdens on your kids. That is not what they signed up for. That is not their duty. It doesn't mean you don't share real stuff. It doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you hide, God forbid, a cancer diagnosis, which I hear parents are doing. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is seepage. When our frustrations, when our anxieties, when our fears start seeping out, spilling over. Yes, we certainly shouldn't dump on them, but even the spillage has takes a toll, has an impact on the people around us. Part of our job is to carry it, to become more stoic, to bear the burden. Now, I am not saying regress to yesteryear where you know men didn't talk about these things. People whispered about cancer. No, garbage, that's garbage. Silence can destroy. I've experienced it firsthand. So I'm not talking about repressing your suffering, your struggles, your adversity. I'm talking about channeling them, which I think is where Frankel and Dostoevsky was, were going, to channel them, to harness, um, to become conscious, to become their master. So choosing where I'm going to discharge the suffering, journaling, writing. It, it's a cliche, but it is unequivocally true. Get it out. Write it out. Now, maybe you don't want anybody to see that. So write it out and burn it. This is a practice I do all the time. Write that mean, nasty letter to somebody to get the suffering out and then just let it go. Burn it. Don't send it. I've, you know, don't do it on email, by the way. I've hit send one, at least once that I regret it. I'm sure you have too. Bottom line, can you carry your burden? Can you consciously harness the burden, harness the suffering? Can you become patient and stand in it? It, it passes. This too shall pass. I wear a ring. It says, this too shall pass from a legend of King Solomon. But the bottom line is it will pass. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. Um, there's always, it says in the Psalms, um, tears may linger for the night, but joy comes with the dawn. Right? So there's always a new dawn. And on the other side of it, we're transformed if we didn't medicate our way through it, if we didn't avoid it, if we didn't um, run past it. Can you stand in your at your center, right? In yoga, tadasana, mountain pose. Can you stand on your mat and become just anchored in the storm as it swirls about you? Well, one of the ways you have to do that is you have to find a confidant. You have to find a coach. You have to find preferably somebody who's 
paid. Because in that energetic exchange, it becomes reciprocal. Whereas with a friend, it can be depleting, right? That's why I pay my coach. I go to him. I discharge my suffering. He helps me carry it, reframe it, understand the energy, harness it, repurpose it, use it, move forward, and it's transformative. So this is what Frankel was talking about. Not denying the suffering of the Holocaust when he was in it. Not pretending life is good. I hated that movie. Um, life is good about, you know, sort of um, finding the humor. Now, there's a place for humor. Frankel even talks about it. Humor is a weapon of the soul. Can be a way to discharge the, um, the suffering. But it felt like, at least it's been a long time since I've seen it, different message. I maybe I'll have to rewatch it. Bottom line, it's not about denying or being Pollyanna or rose-colored glasses. It's about becoming masterful, taking back our power of what's ours. You know, what did, what did he say here? Um, genuine inner achievement, spiritual freedom, when even the suffering cannot move you off your mat cannot move you off your course. And that's why I say meaning, purpose, and resilience. Meaning is ours to discover. And then we must translate it into a direction, into a path, um, manifest it in real world ways. And then we come up against the storms and that's the resilience, right? Can we cultivate resilience? It, this is not a skill that's innate. It is unequivocally cultivated. It is developed. It is a muscle. And so we get stronger at standing on the mat, at quieting our mind, at um, harnessing and responding to whatever it is that's coming up within us and not reacting. And so this comes back to, can we rethink our relationship with pati, with suffering? Can we hold it and be patient? Can we weather the storm with it? Can we sit with others in compassion, right? What does it mean to be a patient? Same word. Right, to be going through suffering. That doesn't mean a victim. The difference between a patient and a victim is a victim is a patient who has outsourced their power to the doctors, to um, medicine, to a magic pill, to a magic healer, to somebody or something outside of themselves. When the work, the true work of a patient is to go inwards. Yes, go to the right doctors. Yes, take the right medication. But do not think for a second that they are healing you. You have that power to participate in the healing process, to become a co-creator. That's our, that's our mission. That's our work here. It says in the Hebrew Bible, but we are B'Tselem Elohim, which is oftentimes said the image of God. We are co-creators. But at a deeper level, the Kabbalists, the mystics reread that and they say B'Tsel Elohim. That in the shadows is God. In the suffering is divinity. In the, in the adversity, in the challenges, in that overwhelm that you have felt or you are feeling or you will feel, there are sparks, there are nitsuts, there are sparks of possibility and purpose and power. And our job is to become a spark seeker, shifted over to Kabbalah, it's all Kabbalah, to go into the darkness, to find our sparks, to then take those sparks, fan them into a flame by the way we live, by the work we do, translating it into a thousand ways, that meaning that's yours, those sparks, fanning it into a flame, and then taking that flame and cultivating it into a, a fire, 
carrying the fire. I have a program called Carry the Fire, carrying it forward, guarding the flame, right? Flames can burn. Flames are hot. As Frankel said, that which is to give light must endure the burning. That which is to give light must endure the burning. I don't want you to burn. I don't wish it upon my worst enemies, but you will. In a thousand different ways, you will be hurt by fire. But that doesn't mean you discharge the fire. It means you hold it in a different way. It means you carry it in a new capacity. It means you reframe the experience and have a new approach to what it means to fire. You don't want to get rid of the fire. You want to harness it. You want to carry it. You want to endure it. You want to be worthy of your fire, of your suffering, of your struggles, of your burden. So if you're interested in learning more about meaning, purpose, and resilience coaching, and how you can work with me, we can work together to do just that, cultivate those things. Um, I have very practical strategies. I have programs built for this and around this. But most of all, like anything in life, it comes down to just a relationship, to us connecting by phone or by Zoom, or if you're in the Denver metro area here in person, however it is you get to me, just get to me. Would love an opportunity to continue this conversation one-on-one. -on -one. This is great, talking to a few hundred of my closest friends, but one-on-one -on -one is the magic sauce and transformative. So reach out to me, um, B-A-R-U-C-H at defiantspirit.org or be at defiantspirit.org. Jump over to the defiantspirit.org. And also remember to check out the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy, which I'm very proud is up and at them, which is more of my educational efforts with my partners, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Elise Cortez and Scott Schaffman. So you can jump over to themeaningacademy.com or defiantspirit.org. And I will talk to you or see you in the next video. Until then, defy your number, live your spirit. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant Spirit.